Hello, I'm Lian Wan. And I'm Mara Cepeda. And this is Campaign Convos. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Campaign Convos. With me today is Mara, who covers... Ocho Derecho. We'll be talking to each other about the problems of the opposition. Yes, and Lian actually also covers Ocho Derecho and the other opposition yes. candidates, the progressives, the labor win bets, and of course, Neri Colmenares. Now that you mentioned that, Mara, mm-hmm. I think when people say the opposition, the first slate that comes to their mind is Ocho Derecho. Mm. I think a lot of people forget na hindi lang Ocho Derecho, hindi lang Liberal Party yung opposition. So, sino nga ba yung totoong opposition? E, mayroon ba talagang ganitong like, brewing discussion kahit malapit na yung election? I don't think that there should be. No one's supposed to have a monopoly over who is the opposition, right? Because if you're going to look at the meaning of opposition, it's essentially the group of people who are against the administration and all of them are against the administration. But the manner by which they are opposing and their beliefs are are very different. Naalala ko dati, in the run up, kahit nung mismong launch nung the then called Opposition Coalition sa Marikina, and then the run up towards that, yung nagkaroon pa ng General Assembly and Tindig Pilipinas. Ang pressing question talaga ng mga reporters, kasi finofloating mga candidates mm-hmm. ng Liberal Party by the time. Where is Neri Colmenares? Where are the leftist mm-hmm. groups? Bakit daw hindi nasama si Neri Colmenares kahit na opposition din naman siya? Uh, okay, well, you can ask uh, si Senator Kiko Pangilinan who's the campaign manager. Alam ko po, mahaba ang usapan yan. Uh, kami naman po, walo, 12 naman po yung iboboto po natin. No? So there's space also for the other independents to come in and uh, possibly also coalesce with us. Ikaw ba, from what you've found out or known within the inner circle of LP, were there really serious talks about joining forces with Makabayan? As in talagang kasali dapat sa slate scenario, how serious did it get? They considered it. But ultimately, it's a matter of principles. As we know, Akbayan is in Ocho Derecho. And matagal na silang merong rift. Rift, you know. And, and it's a matter of principles. It's a matter of how they fight the establishment as oppositions. And it's not something that mabilis sigurong masusolve. And so what party insiders told me is that nila gagawing part scenario of the actual slate. But supporters of Ocho Derecho who want to support Neri are free, free, to do so. To, free to do so on their own, but it's not going to be an official. You did a profile of Neri Colmenares and he did say something about yes. this. Yes, Neri Colmenares, of course, is the leftist candidate, the representative of Makabayan. Ang sabi niya, it's a matter of difference of principle. For example, yung pinaka-glaring conflict nila is, it was Bayan Muna who filed the cases of DAP against Noy Noy and Secretary Butch Abad. So parang dun pa lang, how would they ever reconcile their differences and also yung mga stance nila on some things. But I want there was that settled amicably as in nung nag-usap at nagkasundong okay, hindi ka namin isasali officially, maluwag ba yun sa damdamin ng lahat? No, that we can't say for sure. I feel my impression then was that it was quite a sensitive topic that even party insiders are not comfortable talking about. And I think it makes it difficult then the position of people who are critical of the administration. Kasi maraming factions and it's always easy to fight the big bad guy if we're all together and united, but it's not that easy. Naaalala ko din yung assembly ng Tindig Pilipinas. I think si Senator Risa Ontiveros yung nagsabi na ang main difference nila with the left at the time is some leftist members were still with the cabinet of the Duterte administration. Mm. Well, we know now na wala na. Pinagtatatanggal na sila ni President Duterte. Mm-hmm. And uh, parang 
my impression with my talk with Neri is that parang gustong sabihin ni Neri na whatever relationship the left had with the Duterte administration, nakita niyo naman na nagtapos na. So it meant that the left also took a principled stand when mm. we saw that there were some things wrong with the administration. At least we delivered the blows against the tyrannical policies of President Duterte. Whether we deliver it as one coalition or we deliver it separately, for me, it doesn't really matter. I mean, okay na rin sa akin na nagkaisa kami sa mga issues na yun. Move on ako sa labor win. Mm. Si Calio D. De Guzman, mm-hmm. so part of the labor win, naaalala ko nung People Power Anniversary, yung message ni Calio D. to voters is that reject the elitists, which includes not only the Duterte administration, but also Liberal Party and choose us instead. Mm-hmm. So kahit opposition sila, parang meron pa rin silang mga fundamental difference na ganun. Na kami yung manggagawa, kayo ay mga oligarch or mga elitista. Mm. My impression is, is this is still class issue. And I don't blame Caliodi for calling the Ocho Derecho elitists because in a sense, they still are. There are people in Ocho Derecho who are part of rich families here, rich political families here, and that's a background they're never going to be able to escape from. Makwento ko lang kasi umatenda ko ng press con ng Labor Win last week and they were being asked about surveys. So generally, because hindi sila nag-rank sa survey, hindi sila pabor sa survey. And then Caliodi was saying, the most anomalous of that recently is yung pagbagsak daw ni Mar sa March Pulse Asia survey. Tapos sabi niya, hindi sa sinasabi kong gusto ko si Mar, ayaw ko si Mar. Pero hindi, hindi ko alam kung paano siya bumagsak. Uh, yung kay Mar, hindi ako, hindi ako makabar ha. Ayaw kay Mar. <laughs> Pero... From 8 to 16 ngayon, saan minugod yun? O paano nangyari yun? He's very free to say, I don't like Mar or the Liberal Party or Elitist. It doesn't help them na parang, Uy, bakit hindi kayo nagkakasundo-sundo if you're gonna call yourselves the opposition? Hmm. And, and mahirap, no? Mahirap siya. I mean, even I can even give a suggestion on how to unite all of them. I remember from covering the House kasi nung naging speaker si Arroyo, nagkaroon ng coalition yung LP and Makabayan and the Magnificent Seven. And these are congressmen and congresswomen who are actually part of the parties affiliated with Ocho Derecho or the Labor Win candidates. And they essentially explained that we will not be agreeing on a lot of issues, but there are particular issues that we will always be against lahat tayo, including, for example, martial law in Mindanao, death penalty. Pero may mga bagay na, yung mga opinion nila certain issues, nag, may nuance, pwedeng train law, mm-hmm. for example, or pagdating sa pag-handle ng budget. And siguro, magiging ganon yung way for them to be united. But as we can see, it's not gonna happen this 2019. And even then, hirap na hirap yung mga kandidato natin to even form their own slates and to even stage their own launching of the slates. So let's focus on Ocho Derecho. Derecho. Lian and I have been writing about the struggles of the campaign. It is really a struggle. And even when they were Coming up with the slate, na delay yon eh by a couple of days. It was supposed to be about one two weeks earlier than the actual date that they announced. And this is indicative of the people behind the slate having a difficult time, not just choosing people but having people to choose from. And it's true. Mayroon silang master list na boiled down to eight. Pero maraming natanggal either because they're not interested, mm-hmm. they feel like they would be helping the opposition better if they help in their own way, or others they don't have money. And then there's also 
the struggle of the name. For the longest time until December 2018, Ocho Derecho was called Opposition Coalition. Coalition. And then they finally named themselves Ocho Derecho when January came in. And it's confusing for people. Na parang sino ba talaga kayo? Mm-hmm. Thankfully, now that the campaign period started, Ocho Derecho na talaga sila. But for a while, I mean, you named your slate literally in the way na it's the Filipino translation of, of opposition coalition. coalition. I mean, At how... Pa- I mean, I mean, tayo sa pagbigkas ng opposition coalition. Parang uh-huh. hirap niya kasing bigkas. Uh, and, and wala siyang name recall. So, meron talagang struggles even with so isang bagay na dapat siguro madali sanang gawin. May mga ganyang bang difficulties with the labor win candidate? The labor win came together smoothly kasi nung May 1 yung Labor Day mm. last year nagsimula na silang mag-unite diba? this, these are the warring unions na dati meron ding fundamental differences pero as early as May 1 last year nagsama-sama na sa sa Mayo Uno rally lahat that early alam na nilang magsasama-sama sila because sabi nga nila oh, we're gonna join, join forces to deliver the promise that Duterte wasn't able to give the people which is to end contractualization so I guess in that sense what the united opposition isn't able to do labor win by itself was able to realize much earlier why were they why do you think they were able to realize that much earlier you mentioned they also have fundamental mm. problems so what are these essentially and what made it a little easier for them to go through that hump it's the duterte factor talaga mm. kasi umasa nga diba ang laging wording nila kaliodi ay umasa kami Pinaasa kami ng presidente na this is finally the president who will be able to push for the labor agenda that we want, which is to no contractualization, national minimum wage, at umasa daw sila. And when they saw na hindi naman pala tutuparin yun ng presidente, parang wake up call nila yun na parang look, we have to band together kasi yung inasahan natin hindi naman magde-deliver ng promise. Pero ang isang naging issue sumunod dyan ay nung nag-endorse yung makabayan, initially... Nawala yung labor win. Pero kinuha na nila si Calio de Guzman and Sonny Matula. But initially, hindi nila sinama yung mga labor win. At sinama nila yung mga re-electionists like Nancy Binay, Grace Poe, na marami rin silang fundamental difference. So that was the issue. Pero I think they didn't make a big deal out of it. No? Naaalala mo ba nung Rappler Forum? And then we interviewed Sonny Matula and Calio D. And they were like being so nonchalant about it. No? Parang, ah, okay lang. Who are they really? Uh, parang, okay lang, okay lang, ganun. Ako naunawaan ko sila. Dynamic nila yun eh. Pero pinakiusap ko lang sa kanya na sana i-maintain namin yung labor win. Kasi mas excited yung mga workers na makita kami magkakasama. Lahat, no? Uh, yung mga magkakaiba dati ay yung nagsama-sama ngayon sa isang agenda. Doon sa struggles mm. ulit ng Ocho Derecho, pag nagsasorti ba sila, can you describe to us kung, I mean, you covered the 2016 elections, you covered Vice President Jojo Binay, so I could imagine the difference. I mean, how would you describe yung mga sorties ngayon ng Ocho? Okay, so what is very similar is that they both include public markets as a constant stop. But really, that's it. And I would say that Binay was really warmly welcomed like a rock star. For example, uh, dahil vice president siya nun, may mga PSG siya, every time na pupunta siya sa barangay, ayun eh, pa pala, pupunta ang Ocho Derecho and si Binay before sa mga barangay courts. The difference is that si Binay, dinudumog talaga ng tao. Dinudumog na to the extent that his PSG escorts talagang nanghahawi. Mm-hmm. What he does is, syempre, sa salubungay namin siya. So ako tsaka yung isang 
female reporter from CNN Philippines, hinihilan niya papasok dun sa circle ng PSG para ni kami matamaan mm-hmm. ng supporters. Walang ganong reception sa Ocho Diretso. And that is primarily because six out of the eight candidates are unknown. And so, pupunta sila ng market. Most of the time, meron silang music or parang may portable music, parang speaker yung mga staff nila or may megaphone. So, natatago yung tahimik. Pero tahimik siya and the, the vendors don't know who they are. So, nagpapakilala talaga sila as compared to maybe Binay who's like, Binay, Binay! Diba? Walang ganun. Mm-hmm. Also, pagpupunta sila sa mga, sa barangay courts or sa market, madidinig mo yung taon parang, ay, asan si Mar? Or asan si Bam? Kasi ito yung dalawang mas kilalang kandidato. Mm-hmm. Sila yung mas veterano. And that's what makes it difficult kasi you're battling awareness and it may is it too late in the game we titingnan natin tapos as si Binay kaya niya afford before to and even hukpong ng pagbabago and yung mabago ko to slate PDP laban slate they are able to afford putting up big stages and holding the usual rally Ocho Derecho cannot do that so that's why they opt to go to the people and hold what they call as town halls or dialogues where they will deliver their campaign spe- speeches anywhere from a crowd of 10 people to about several hundred. Swertihan na talaga yung several hundred. Siguro yung umabot yung thousands yung nag-launch sila sa Naga. But that's understandable because Vice President Lenny Robredo bailiwit niya yun. Tapos after nila magbigay ng campaign speeches, may Q&A with the audience. And they're saying that's their edge because they are able to actually, literally, get questions from the public and tas, di vinivet yung questions and the public can ask them anything. Anywhere from what you think about lowering the minimum age of criminal responsibility to ano, nasunog po yung isang street dito nung isang araw, ano pong plano yung gawin para hindi na po kami masunugan. The advantage there is that they are able to translate their plans or tell their plans to the people but does this translate into votes? Yun yung problem. So the question is, we know that they're, so, they're confident in talking to the people na no holds barred. The question is, gano'ng kadami bang tao yung pumupunta sa mga ganyan nalang pa Q&A? It's very small. And when Aabot they, ba yan ng 50 or 100? Umaabot naman. Pero may mga times talaga na siguro one time yung isa sa mga pinakas maliit na Q&A na na-experience ko was they met with some pig farmers. And really, onti lang yun. Siguro mag, onting magkakapitbahay lang yun. Pero na-appreciate ng mga farmers kasi wala pa daw kandidatong pumupunta sa lugar nila. Pag ganun, anong nararamdaman mo, Mar? I mean, syempre ang messaging ng Ocho Diretso parang tuloy pa ang laban, ganyan, hindi kami nagpapa-affect sa low turnout. Pero as a reporter, well, how do you feel? Feeling mo ba minsan parang naaawa ka na sa kanila dahil wala namang pumupunta sa mga sorti? Uh, I don't know if I'm naaawa, but it's more of you wish there were more people who can listen to what they have to say. Because objectively speaking, the Ocho Diretso candidates have comprehensive platforms and people do need to hear these platforms. And siguro at most, I wish there were more people covering. Kasi mas makikita mo rin paano yung reception. I mean, if it's only like 20 people, hindi naman yung representative sample. I wish there were more people who can listen to them and assess if they really are the genuine opposition candidates. Siguro the next question is again, bakit madalang silang makompleto. Like, for example, I'm going to Pangasinan tomorrow for their sortie and the only two confirmed participants are Samira Gutok and Pilo Hilbay and that's been the trend in the entire campaign trail. Mm-hmm. Minsan dalawa lang sila, tatlo lang sila. Why can't they be complete? Kasi si, si Bam is parang magkakasali silang sila this week eh. Uh-uh. Bam is in Pampanga a day after Ocho is in Pampanga. So parang why can't they sync their schedule? I think papasok yan una sa budget. The administration slates are always together. Kasi may budget for, okay, meron tayong rally dito, may rally tayo doon, madaming tao dito. 
Because dahil wala silang budget, maliliit na mga activities lang. And then, one of the main challenges that the opposition is experiencing now is that they have little to zero incumbent politicians publicly backing them. Those who do, most of them we do not know because they hide. They meet to the ocho derecho candidates discreetly. in private discreetly and give their support na parang, I can't publicly support you but ito si staff A and staff A will help you organize your town hall. Ganun yung nangyayari. Others naman, kaya rin sila naghihiwa-hiwalay, they have separate invitations. There are institutions, there are politicians who are not supportive of the whole slate but they are supportive of certain people only. Mm, I saw that in Taal, Batangas mm. when the, the mayor of Taal endorsed Chel Jokno by virtue of the Joknos being from Taal. But when you ask him, si Chel lang. And ah. probably Romy Makalental because Romy Makalental is Batanggenyo. Pero the rest, parang Hindi na, hindi na. And the response of with that struggle, kasi nga, it's so hard to associate to the opposition now. More so with the Liberal Party. So, nag-adjust yung slate. Well, dati, at the start of the campaign, parang every Thursday and Friday, ngayon parang there's like two to three days in the week na slate organized. The rest of the week, bahala na yung candidates to accept whatever invitations that they have. I think ang mahirap din dun kasi yung staff ng mga kandidato natin baguhan sa pangangampanya. Katulad ng mga kandidato nila. I've spoken to some ocho derecho staff na minsan late, last minute nag, not actually minsan, madalas, last minute nagko-confirm yung mga kandidato na ay, nakapunta sila. So, minsan, ang advisory, dalawa lang yung candidates. Tas on the actual day, nila. ay, lima pala sila. And it's a logistical problem. Eh. So, I think, dahil baguhan din sila, hindi nila alam na, ay, kailangan pala in advance ganito. Kailangan pala in advance ganyan. As with BAM naman, parang, Matagal nang nakalatag daw yung kanyang sortie. So, kung hindi niya yun ma-adjust, hindi niya nalang i-adjust. Kasi, syempre, plinano nila yun based on kung saan siya malakas. Meron siya yung libreng kolehyo caravan because he co-authored the... was one of the champions of the free tuition law. So, may plano na kasing ganun. So, again, as a reporter, I wish they were always together. And it really doesn't help their case that their name literally has a number of people Oo nga eh. Oo nga, actually. So kasi parang ocho for... derecho, pero parang hindi kayo ocho, never diba? kayong it's naging just, ocho. It just welcomes more memes and criticism. Let's move on to a little bit juicier topic. Oh, wow. Okay. Is there really a rift between Mar Rojas and Bamakino? Because that's really noticeable. Like yung istorya nung correspondent natin si Marshall nung mm. negros sila. They were both in negros at the same time, pero separate. Sorry, separate. I remember you saying kanina meron pang isang incident yes. kang na-witness. Um, look, they will never go on record to say that there is an ongoing conflict. But we did report in 2016 that in 2016, Mar Rojas was the standard bearer of the Liberal Party and Bam Aquino was the campaign manager of Rojas's running mate, who is now Vice President Daniel Robredo. And Rappler sources said that when Bam Aquino is part of the Senate Electoral Tribunal voted in favor of then-presidential candidate Grace Poe. Doon sa disqualification yun, uh-oh, case Doon sa disqualification niya. case niya sa presidential race, hindi daw yun supposedly nagustuhan ng camp ni former Secretary Marrojas. And I guess it's understandable, you know. In a sense, you expect someone from the same party, it's one less vote for mm-hmm. Grace Poe. And if she, look, if she didn't win the case, then it's Probably possible some that some of her votes would have gone to Marrojas, diba? May, But they never, they would never admit that. 
in public. So, but there are indications, eh? Like, like for example, like what what you said, they were in the same city. Hindi man lang kayo naglunch together. But of course, I denied it. Parang wala ibalang talaga yung plano namin ganon. But I remember also in Naga, there was an empty seat. The only empty seat on the stage was the seat beside Bamakino and Marrojas didn't sit there. He sat on the other side. And who ended up sitting beside Bam was was his wife, si Timmy. And so these are little things, alam mo na, alam ba, parang they will never admit it, but sometimes actions speak louder than words. Ay, and syempre, if you're a reporter covering the campaign, these little, little details oh, sometimes uh, noticeable talaga siya. And I noticed nung, because Mar wasn't in Kaloocan in the pre-launch ng Ocho Derecho, but he was in Naga. I watched the ambush interview. Medyo parang nainis, nainis si Secretary Mar dun sa pagpipilit ng mga reporters na meron bang issue, meron bang issue. Could you recall ah, that time? Okay, ano yung sagot niya? Anong issue? Hmm. Sir? Sandali lang. Anong issue? Sir, the reporters po kasi yesterday were looking po for you. Well, I mean, I, I, my media bureau announced that I will be starting my campaign in my hometown. Di ba? Mar Rojas launched his, kicked off his Senate bid on his own. Um, kailan yung start ng elect- uh, official uh, campaign period? February, February, in February. February 13 ata or 12 February 12 oh, sometime in February so he was yeah. in Capiz while the rest of Ocho Derecho were in Caloocan and people were looking for him of course because expected kick off yan ang campaign diba but he said that he always launched his campaign in Capiz and that tradition yun na yun and of course it, we respect that but bakit din na lang niya dinala yung Ocho Derecho sa Capiz dinala niya yung Ocho Derecho sa Capiz noong January hindi pa official start ng hindi campaign. pa official start pero ang perspective ni Rojas is that nalako na sila dun eh and he's saying wala nga nangyimbita sa akin sa hometown nila in January they were already there I invited them there di ba okay. so uh, in fact nobody has invited me to any other hometown ako nagimbita ako sa aking hometown no? <laughs> there might be something there but of course they don't talk about it I think kasi Mar Rojas ran for president He was president of the Liberal Party. He is still a member of the Liberal Party. And so, people look up to him as a leader a leader figure. And when he announced that he will run for senator, talagang you can't blame people to have an expectation that he will lead Ocho Derecho again. I mean, look, he is the most veteran among them all. Served three presidents, served three different government departments, mm-hmm. became number one senator in 2004. Diba? Tapos tumakbo for president. Second place, pero that's still... Yeah. Second place, that's still 9 million that's still votes. That's yeah. Diba? Hindi kasi may escape ni Rojas yung ganong expectation ng tao kasi leader siya and people still view him as the standard bearer of the liberal party even if he isn't that anymore. And of course, he's trying to shake that image already. Kasi makikita din naman natin when he announces bid for the Senate na parang I'm not here to be against anything. Andito ako kasi naisip ko meron pa akong maibibigay para sa bayan. And so this time, he's already telling people I don't want to be that leader figure anymore. Okay, from Mar and Bam, let's go to the lower rank, mm. six. What are their strategies na nakikita mo so far na ina-employ nila para naman may para mag-kick in yung traction. For example, Shell, Jokno, Woke, Lolo. Uh, uh, well, ano yung mga strategy nila so far? Well, ang magaling with Shell, I would say out of the six candidates, siya tsaka yung staff niya yung mabilis pumake up from the campaign trail as in yung day-to-day yung mga trend, grind. Kaya nilang i-capitalize. For example, agad. may statement agad. May picture agad. Not necessarily susulat natin, mm-hmm. but 
the fact that may statement there, it increases the likelihood na susulat they're, ka. They're hustling. Oo, diba? Tapos, yung mga, sinasakin niya yung mga tweets. Yung, for example, yung woke lolo, mm. it was some supporter of Shell who coined that term for him. And then he started including that in his speech. And then, yung mga one, witty one-liners niya galing sa mga debates, kinagamit niya sa speeches niya. Because it's what, makes him memorable for people. So, How about the others? Ano for Samira naman, meron siyang supporter na on his own ay gumawa nung sayaw na parang pak-pak-pak type mm-hmm. of sayaw dun sa campaign jingle niya. And what her staff did was launch this Samira dance challenge and then they asked different people to like do their own dance. And there were submissions tapos pumili sila ng winner. Does it feel authentic to you? Yung g- mga ganun? I'd like to think that these are authentic naman. More so because wala kasi silang pera pambayan ng troll. <laughs> I mean, I think that's one thing. But may kita mo rin naman like I checked the profiles who are posting these things they are real people. And I think that's... But authentic meaning like they're not doing it just to ride on something. Parang... I feel like... It's, re- it's the personality of Samira to do something like that. The thing is, they're running a campaign so they will always... Have ride. to make compromises and uh, ride on okay, something. They have to ride so. the trends. I mean, if you don't, hindi ka mapupunta sa... Wala ka sa new cycle. Yes. Ano pa ba yung mga gimmick, mga gimmick nila... For, oh, I remember Pilohil by nung nagpunta silang masinlock. Diba kasi, uh, I think, ang meme nun was, ipakita mo yung likod mo challenge. And Bongo was the first one to ride on mm. it kasi pipapakita niya supposedly na wala siyang tattoo. Mm-hmm. So, nung nagpunta ng masinlock, yung ocho derecho, Pilo posted a picture of him na gal- mula sa likod na nakahubad din. So, siya yung nagpost nun. So, parang... Yun yung mga nire-ride on nila ngayon. Now that I mentioned Masinlok, what happened in what happened in Masinlok? Okay, so Medyo what, nagkagulo doon ng konti. <laughs> okay, kasi the original plan was for them to sail to Panatag Shoal and assert our rights in the West Philippine mm-hmm. Sea. But talks fell through. Of course, the Coast Guard will not allow them to to enter okay, there. First of all, if you want to go to if you want to sail to the West Philippine Sea, you always need to have the sanction of the Philippine now, Coast Guard. Now, now, ang kalakaran. Okay. Given the tension between the Philippines and the China, who is, you know, are wrongly claiming mm-hmm. ownership of the West Philippine Sea, the Coast Guard now imposes. Uh, kailangan mo magpaalam. Mm-hmm. Siya, and but manaman papayagan ang opposition candidates yes. to enter there. But... Um, nagpaalam ba? Ocho dire- so, they said nagpaalam sila, ocho derecho, but then the Coast Guard says, Uy, wala kayong formal. Which means, the probably the talks were informal. Mm-hmm. And then, after their visit to Masinlok, doon sila nag-official request to enter Panatag Shul. But, di ba, papayag pa ba yun? Mm-hmm. And so, what they did was, they met with farmers from Masinlok and listened to ano yung mga harassment sa kanila ng Chinese Coast Guard. And then they went to a pier, a uh, fishing port, and then they got a jet ski and posted the jet ski challenging the president. O, asaan yung jet ski challenge mo? Because we remember 2016, the third mm. was saying that I will ride a jet ski to the West Philippines. In fairness, nagawa nila ng paraan. Uh-oh. So, humanap na lang sila ng jet ski Uh-oh. because they couldn't go. Kumuha din sila ng boat, tapos they got a Philippine flag and was raising it. What's problematic about the gesture is that you can see in the pictures that it was just there, in the pier. I mean, even if Ocho Derecho says it's not a publicity stunt, and, even, it and feels I, hate, like I hate to agree with the presidential spokesperson, it is a publicity stunt. And it feels and it looks like. I Apo- mean, we can all agree that we all have to defend our sovereignty. Oh, man, oh, man. But really, you have to go all the way there. And then, diba, parang, 
it just doesn't feel right, I would say. But what I appreciate with the Ocho Derecho candidates is that all of them are consistent in saying that we should yeah. fight for our rights over and our sovereignty over the West Philippine Sea. But I'm not so sure if the message was delivered very well by their visit in Masinlo. Some buzz naman from social media this weekend. May mga nakita ako sa feed ko both on Twitter on Facebook na parang nag-aaway ata ang supporters ng Ooh. left again and the Liberal Party. So, old story. Okay. I th- uh, what I got from the post was that some supporters supposedly said that there are only 12 slots. If the four are guaranteed to go to the administration bets, then vote the eight. So, saan ang galing yung ganyang sentiment from from a supporter mm. and then it just got out of control that yung mga more prominent supporters of the left are crying foul na bakit mo kailangang ilimit yung mga tao na suportahan lang tong walong to when there's Neri, when there's Caliodi, when there's Labor Win. So, ngayon parang nag-aaway na naman sila na hindi natin kailangang mag-exclude. Mm-hmm. But I guess to wrap it all up is Matagal na tong story. The rift between the left and the liberal party has been a story since time immemorial. And it doesn't feel like it's gonna be fixed even though there are only 20 days left in the campaign. So my question for you, Mara, is what could have they done better or could have they done something earlier para maging mas maayos sana yung takbo ng kampanya ng buong opposition? I think... Sana there was a directive to supporters to say that hirap na yung opposition. That don't be antagonistic Towards with people other. who are also fighting the same fight as you. Yes. I think that what could have been better, I think what would have been an ideal slate is diba, parang Liberal Party, Akbayan, Makabayan, all together, the labor and candidates in one slate. I think that would have been the dream slate. Because it means, you know what, we will set aside our differences and really just fight this dictatorship even more but unfortunately it's not that easy but that would have been something that would have translated into a stronger opposition slate this elections but they have to make do with what they have mm. and they have to ano na lang, do all they can 20 days left they're still lagging behind surveys and catching up on the campaign trail. But we will continue to follow Ocho Derecho. Where can they follow you, You Mara? can follow me at Mara Cepeda on Twitter. And you can follow me at Lian Buan on Twitter for more campaign coverage. That's it. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and see you in the next episode of Campaign Convos.